0: we are recording. Good morning, everyone. Um, today we have Eugene. Hey, Eugene.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Um, and today we have a special guest, Jessica. Jessica,
2: please introduce yourself. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Jess. I, I am a nurse and I am also work as an intuitive healer and I kind of work to bridge the gap between these two worlds from the idea of Western medicine and treating symptoms and the idea of holistic care and treating the entire body, mind, and soul. Um, I live in just a real small town. There's only about 500 people in my town. So um, kind of have a quite an adventure making things work with that, that limited resources in the community. And I have... I'm um, engaged to be married in just a couple of months, and my my fiance has a daughter, and I have a dog Jackson who's kind of just my right hand man. That's cool. That's cool. Um. So how?
0: You know what? the when, I was, when you were talking about your um your side hustle, I I kind of the question just popped into my head. Um do you offer any type of uh, remote um
2: sessions? I do, absolutely. I do um so when I started this this side hustle this business, I was actually living over in North Dakota and then I started working as a travel nurse and that meant that I wasn't in my home for months at a time. So that really helped my um online business or my distance market to grow where I met people kind of an all over in my travels and had some networking opportunities in a few different places. So I do take people or take sessions over the phone. And then I still have or have opened an office here where I live now. So I still have in-person sessions as well. That's terrific.
0: That's really cool. So as I mentioned, um, a little early as an introduction to Eugene works full time. And I'm been trying to sway him into um starting something on his own but i think he's had his doubts and we kind of discussed those couple of articles that i've sent to you also don't know if you had a chance to check them out Mm -hmm. um but sorry just muted myself um (laughs) so um we kind of talked about the pros and cons of um of both and um Eugene feels that the full time job gives you sort of a sense of what did you call it, Eugene? Um, stability.
1: Mm-hmm. But,
0: it's. But it this,
1: yeah. Maybe yeah. not so much stability, but it helps me in the way that I like to work. I I like having people that are good at figuring out what needs to be done, sort of just work on that, and then relay that information and those requirements down to like the engineering group.
0: So, so um, Eugene, would you um, just to give us a a, a couple of um, uh, things just to kind of let Jessica know what you, what you do just kind of in general.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm a software tester and I work for a fairly large media company and we have a bunch of internal apps and, they need engineers to build them, product people to figure out what internal clients need, and a group of testers that both manually and through writing little programs to make sure all the apps work and everything's connected to each other. So it's like a pretty basic office tech job.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So- so I guess what we kind of are, what, what I was looking um, to to ask you and to get your opinion, Jessica, on was to to kind of explain. Uh, first of all, I don't know if you've introduced um, or if you want to share kind of why you started your sidehouse salon, but I also wanted you to kind of talk a little bit about kind of the pros and cons of both being a nurse. And would you also explain a little bit what a travel nurse means? Just because I'm not really familiar with with that term at all.
2: Okay. Sure. Sure. So let's, um, we'll start with just kind of the logistics, right? The nitty gritty. So um, when I started nursing, I, I went and took a four year degree and got done with that and started working in a small hospital that um, was about five hours away from my parents. And um, at least two hours away from any other human being that I knew. And I worked there for about four years. And then my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, and so I needed a way to be able to be closer to her and still have a solid income. So I um, started travel nursing, and what that is is the ability to work for a company who contracts you as a short-term or immediate need help employee. So um, there are companies that work where you can just pick up a day at a time you know, hey, we had somebody who had to call off sick for the weekend. Do you have anybody that can come into our facility and help us out? right? Because in the world of nursing, you can't just close the doors when your employees are ill, right? You can't just wait until tomorrow to get that project completed. We have to have someone in the building 24 hours a day. So um, I ended up working in three-month contracts. So a facility would reach out to my company and say, we need somebody who has these skills and is available from this time to this time. Maybe that's to cover somebody's maternity leave. Maybe we had somebody retiring and we're just trying to get someone on full-time. But in the meantime, we need somebody in the building. Um, maybe we just don't have staff in general and we need help. So I worked in a few different places around kind of the tri-state area from where my mom was and was able to be home with her until I met my fiance and then decided that, and my mom um, is in remission and decided that I needed to have roots again. So then I took a job, um, Working full time in a facility as what we call their core staff, or somebody who's actually employed by the hospital instead of the travel agency. Does that kind of make sense? Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. Makes yeah, okay. Sense. So when I was in school, kind of how I started my side hustle, I was in college and uh, nineteen years old, I was having a lot of pain and a lot of struggles, and went to see a different doctor just because I was no longer at home. You know, met a different doctor, and she after our conversation, she goes, oh, you have endometriosis. I said, well, what's that? What does that mean? How do we fix it? And kind of what came out of that ended up being a couple of surgeries, a lot of different medication changes. um, And basically the statement that I could either continue to have a surgery about once a year to manage my pain. I could continue trying different medications, different hormone therapies to try and, and ease my pain. I could get pregnant Or I could get a hysterectomy. I was 19 and 20 years old during these conversations, and I really didn't like any of those answers. You know, surgery, to me, having surgery once a year felt daunting, knowing that that would be my life, you know. Um, I had played with these these different hormones and things long enough that I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. That wasn't helping anybody in my life. And being pregnant at that age and still in school and in an uncommitted relationship or not, you know, in a a place where I would be, I would have a partner in that world, um, and getting a hysterectomy at that age, you know, none of those things really seemed like viable options for me. So when I asked, you know, well, how do we actually fix this problem? You know, how do we actually take care of, of why this is happening to me, instead of just trying to cover it up, or instead of just trying to manage it, why can't we just fix it? And I was told that we didn't really have an answer as to why it happened as you know, to why these, this extra tissue grows in the body and why, why we have this problem in general. So symptom management is kind of the only answer that we have. So I started, you know, doing the one thing that as a nurse, I have a hard time accepting that people do. And I got on Google and did all of my own research and became, you know, kind of my own expert. And I found a few different herbal remedies and I found somebody who did acupuncture. And I found that both of those things were very helpful for me. That's great. Yeah. And so then I, as you know, the tables turned and time went on, ended up seeing um, going in for a follow up appointment with my physician. And um, she was unable to see me that day. Uh, and because I would come out of town to see her, they let me in to see her PA for this appointment. And this PA, Recognized that I was on a couple of different herbal supplements and things. And she said, you know, I think because you're on these things, you might be open to visiting with this physical therapist. So she refers me out to a physical therapist who specializes in pelvic pain. This physical therapist says, you know, since you're taking these herbal supplements and you're here to see me, I think you might be interested in working with this healer. So she sends me over to a healer. And this healer says, you know, since you're already on this path and you're doing these things, I think you would also benefit from seeing this naturopathic physician or this ND. I think you need to go see her. So she sends me over to her. And so I worked with all three of these gals for, you know, I'm still working with a couple of them consistently and it's been years now. Um, But within probably six months of working with the three of them together, my symptoms completely resolved and i realized really quickly how many things were missing in healthcare in western medicine in our approach that is covered in these alternatives you know and that the body isn't just about your symptoms and that your your the way you feel and and your your overall health and wellness isn't just your physical body it's so much more than that right that we have to include your mind and your soul and so i um you know, kind of getting into my nursing career. And I'm like, well, absolutely, this is holistic care. And when I, after I actually experienced holistic care, realized that that wasn't really it, Um, that we as a society very much, um, whether that's due to financial constraints in the hospitals we work at, you know, in short staffing or just a lack of acceptance in the communities we're in or just the overall paradigm of what Western medicine is, um, true holistic care isn't really a thing. And so I kind of did a little bit more research and was called to a few different things. And I started working at, out of my, the basement of my home as an intuitive healer and an energy healer. And um, so I've got training in a lot of different modalities now that truly help me to work with these people and help them to recognize and see how they can be their best selves and um, their purest selves in order to truly be well. So I live in this alternative holistic mindset in my side hustle. And I live still very much in the Western medicine mindset in my full-time job because that's what is required of me.
0: That's very cool. That's very cool. So how do you, um, so uh, would you, um, I guess, um, Eugene, uh, do you have any specific questions I'm thinking of kind of taking this conversation and talking about the pros and cons of working full time for hospital, like what that entails. And then also kind of um, same thing for the side hustle and then maybe kind of bringing it back together and kind of talking about how long um, you would keep this set up, maybe we'll keep it forever or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Eugene, do you have any thoughts?
1: Yeah, that's interesting what you will do, like, as far as your career goes. Like, are you planning to stay in the hospital system or are you planning to take your side business full-time and take the perks and maybe the extra availability and tools to, like, work remotely and connect to more patients since you're in such like a rural area?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, the the short answer is I don't know, right? Um, in a perfect world, the Western medicine side would catch up and we would accept more holistic care providers in at the hospital so I could kind of have both while I was there, right? Um, and it is coming. It's coming in specific regions. We're just being in the Midwest and in in rural very rural setting, um, our demographic is still a little bit hesitant and resistant to taking that on, right. to accepting that as, um, a legitimate or beneficial practice. So the reality of where I'm at right this minute and in this location is that that probably will never be an option for me to take it into the hospital, you know? Um, I mean, in a, in an ideal world, that's exactly what I would do, and it would already be happening. So, as far as what I would like, the hospital care itself—if you work in a in a hospital, not in a clinic, right—as a nurse, that means that you're working nights, holidays, and weekends, um, because again, we have to have someone there 24 hours a day, right? So I am fortunate enough in this job that I currently have that I don't have to work a night shift. I get to work just straight days. Um, But they're 12-hour days. We work from 5.45 in the morning to 6.15 at night. And we do work holidays and we do work weekends. Um, And then because of our staffing matrix, we also pick up on-call shifts at night. So sometimes I'll work you know, six to six during the day, and then I'm on call from six to six overnight. So if they need an extra hand for whatever, you know, they call it two in the morning, and you go over and do whatever they need, and come home and take another nap, and then show up for another twelve hour day at work. Um, and the the reality of continuing that in the long term isn't necessarily something I'm attracted to. Um, you know, just on a personal note, that's hard on the family, that's hard on a person's body. Um, it's It's just a long day and and something that most people, I mean, we really do do it for all of our lives, um, but not necessarily something that I may want to continue forever um, in in that capacity, right? In the nursing world, the only way to get out of nights, holidays, and weekends is to work in a place that's only open Monday to Friday, like a clinic would be, okay? Mm -hmm. The con of doing that for me is that that becomes a -a five-day-a-week job. Working in the hospital at three 12-hour shifts is only a three-day-a-week job. So it provides the opportunity for me to have the extra time to run my side hustle and to to work with this small business. Um, so I stay in it in order to allow the business to grow, right? Um, so, you know, moving forward, do um, in the event that the business grows to a place where I can or I have the necessity to work less in a hospital in order to work more in the business, then that would be the direction I would go. That's cool. Um, in order to serve the people. Now, the, the other part of this or the other reality of this is that um, to work for yourself means that you are your only paycheck right? You don't, you pay for your own health benefits, you pay for your own vacation time or your retirement plan. You, um, you know, you don't, you don't get sick leave, right? Like nothing happens. If you aren't at work, nothing is getting done, right? Um, Those kinds of things. And then if even on a quote unquote slow day or a slow week, you, you're your only paycheck. You know, when I go to the hospital, if we don't have any patients come into the emergency room, I get paid the same way either way. Right. When I have a day available for my clients and I only have maybe two book when I could have five, then I just take a pay cut that day. Right? So I currently own a home and my fiance owns a home. So we are a double income family, but we're paying two mortgages. We maybe, you know, I don't have the room to not have a steady steady paycheck right now.
0: Yeah. That's something that Eugene talked about also in one of our episodes, right, Eugene?
1: Yeah, so I'm also worried from a like a skills perspective, like can I go out and I guess sell my service to people in the world or in my community and I guess I have like hang ups over that sales sort of recruitment job as opposed to the actual work that I like and feel that I'm good at.
2: So, can I can I just ask what is what does that work look like for you? What is it that kind of sets your soul on fire?
1: Um well, now I'm sort of trying to move from like a testing role to either more programming or more like project management type stuff and both of those careers are sort of like, Easily transferable to a contract role or like a small business consultancy, mm-hmm. and that's pretty exciting. I see a lot of small small business small companies uh, just start off with one person doing that, and then they can expand and send people to like other companies as consultants, and that's a way to grow a business. But when I think about that and like the end goal of Transitioning from an engineer to a project manager to a, like a sales representative that goes out and sells this service to people, mm-hmm. that's sort of off-putting. And I've never done it, so it, it could be fun and great and I could be good at it, but <laughs> it it's like intimidating. Mm-hmm.
0: You realize that when you're selling, you call it selling, but when in reality what happens, and I'm sure it's true for Jessica too, you're not really selling. You're helping people get to what they want. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily think of it as selling. When I um, talk to potential clients about accounting services, I'm not really selling them anything. If they want to be more profitable, save more money on tax – they will engage uh, my farm but i'm not selling them anything
2: you're not selling you're serving right how can i help you how can i serve you yeah
1: right, right but you're trying to convince them or i guess offer your service mm-hmm. as opposed to actually doing it and then like i could see let's say i have 5 employees and i send them out to different companies or Uh, like teams i guess and my job then would be to find new clients to manage relationships all that sort of stuff and it it's like something that i'm not familiar with Mm -hmm. assuming that i want to grow it to just past me literally doing the work Mm
0: -hmm. well that's real business sorry That's like when you have other people helping you with the work, that's a real business. That's when it's kind of starts before it's more of a side hustle when it's just you and you know that you have limited time. So it's, it's really, it really becomes how many, how much work can you fit into that 40 hour window or whatever, 60 hour window.
2: What were you going to say, Jessica? Well, so I wonder though, if you want to continue to just do the work And and like you're saying, why don't we, if you grow your business, if you take this from a side hustle to a business, why not hire somebody to do the parts you don't want to do? Instead of forcing yourself into management, instead of forcing yourself into that upper hand, why not hire people to do the things that you aren't comfortable with? You know, here I have this service, you go and market it for me. And pay them to do your marketing or your, you know, your sales, as you would say, and continue to do the thing that you want to do and not have to Put yourself out there. Let them do that for you.
1: But I think I would want to, like that. That is you the end you goal don't that I want, want to
2: because you don't want to do that part.
1: Well, I feel intimidated. I feel like I don't have experience doing it, and I'm like standoffish, and I don't, I don't know how to start. Like, how do you get your first client, your first like steady sort of paycheck?
2: Talk about it. You tell people, right? And maybe, I mean, maybe you have to creatively hang out in some spaces where people who, you know, you, I don't think um, I could be wrong, but maybe you're not really going to want to go hang out at a hospital fundraiser, you know, trying to sell your services there. You're going to need in, to be in your niche and your, your people who will need what you have to offer. And then you just strike up conversation. And, you know, well, I do do this thing. I hear that you're struggling with this problem. I'd love to help you with that. Here's my card.
1: The other maybe plot twist in my situation is, like, I work with a lot of these consultants and contractors. And I, like, I believe and have moderately strong feelings that for the work that i do either testing or project management it it works better if you have like a team of people on site employed by the company they're not contractors sort of scattered all over the world or not committed to the company but to their consultancy so i find that it's it's hard to pitch myself as a consultant if I don't like other consultants. Mm
2: -hmm. But does that not show you exactly all of the ways where you can be different? Right. If selling yourself is scary, you get to sell yourself as somebody different, you know, with a business model that's different than what's already out there. And that, that in itself makes you unique, which makes you desirable or your, your service desirable. If you already know all the things you don't want to be, like half the battle's done.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. I just have to, I guess, take the risk and do it.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jessica, do you want to maybe um tell us how you got your first client? Like how did that transition happen? Well, you oh, didn't sure. really transition into it, but you kind of got it a, got it on as a side hustle. Yep. But like how how Describe that
2: experience. Okay. Um, so, you know, the reality is in, in the world of intuitive healing, most of us are born with those gifts. We just don't realize it or don't know how to use them effectively, right? Um, so as a, as a child, I, you know, you go to have a friend maybe who fell and hurt themselves on the playground or is having a bad day or, you know, um, whatever that looks like. Somebody around you is sad and my hands would get hot. And I used to think that that was just how everybody's were, you know, like that's just normal. Right. Um, and then as I got older and kind of got a little bit more spiritual and faithful and I would pray for somebody and my hands would get hot and I would think, well, see, this is how, you know, your prayers are working, right? Like this is, this is a thing. I thought that was normal. (laughs) Um, and as I got older, I realized that that wasn't normal, that that didn't happen for very many people. So when I started down this journey and and kind of had worked with these, these other um, healers in this alternative space, and I was like, this is what I do. I just didn't know that there was a different name for it. I didn't know that it had a title or a, um, it, like, it was an actual thing, you know? So I sought out training that helped me learn how to use these gifts that I have. And I was so excited about it that I was talking about it. And I worked, um, you know, I worked full time in the hospital. And then I was also working down at our, our local um, like bar and restaurant and was talking about it with the people that I worked with down there. And I went to go get this train and I came home just elated that this thing existed and I could use it. And holy cow, this is so neat. And I was just telling everybody who would listen that this is the coolest thing I've ever done. And you totally have to check it out and it'll change your life. And I ended up having, um, one of the gals I worked with at the hospital who, and then a couple of the people who I worked with down, um, at the restaurant were like, you know, like I'll, I'll come check it out. Why not? And I was like, cool. Okay, Great. And I didn't even charge people in the beginning. I told them that I needed like clinicals, you know, my nurse brain, right? You go to the school and then you go and work underneath somebody for a while and really kind of get good at your skills and then you go out on your own. So I called it clinicals and I told people that, um, I just needed some help. I just needed to practice. And if they were willing to take a chance on this thing, I was so excited about, would they mind giving me an hour of their time coming over to my house, totally casual, super comfortable, um, and you know, I would work on this skill that I was developing. And I had people who came, you know, a couple of times and then um, started telling me that I needed to be charging for my services. And that until I put a price on it, they were going to tip me what they thought was appropriate. And so they started, quote unquote, tipping me for my time. And then I kind of decided, you know, you really have to put a price on this now. I I, um, had people who wanted to be seen. I had people who were telling their people that they needed to be seen, um, and kind of sharing it. And all of a sudden I couldn't just call up my buddies and be like, Hey, do you have some time tomorrow night? Do you want to come over so I can practice this thing? It was people calling me saying, when are you available? You know? And yeah. And so, I mean, it kind of, it was a, a fast, um, transition from let me learn how to do this to, okay, I'm doing this.
0: That's amazing. I feel like a lot of um, entrepreneurs. I mean, not a lot of people actually identify as entrepreneurs, but a lot of entrepreneurs start that way. I feel like they're good at something. A couple of people engage them and really love them, and like you suddenly realize that you know what? Like I can actually make this a a real thing. Mm -hmm.
1: That's cool. Do you make a distinction between? I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to have this way of working and I'm going to continue to, I don't know, let's say innovate, but like find new ways to earn money and spin off these new businesses. Or do you feel like your skill is something that's like innate to you and you want to continue with that for like the foreseeable future regardless of like other business opportunities?
2: Sure. No, I think that's a great question. Um, The reality of it, I think, is that we have to do what serves us in that moment. So for right now, I am 100% okay giving my time for someone else's money, right? That's the trade-off. I give an hour of time, they pay me for that hour, and then I give another hour of my time and somebody else pays me for that hour. Um, but let's say, you know, the time comes when I'm going to need some maternity leave. Right. So I can know I'm on leave. The business is making no money when I'm on leave. So then at that point, it might make sense to have a different kind of revenue stream instead of my time for money. Right. In this moment where I'm at right now, that's completely and 100%. I'm comfortable with that. I'm okay with that. Um, but I have also, um, you know, as, as far as building things. So my, my business is called Purely You Healing. And the idea, uh, is that you get to find your purest self, your best self. And I have, have discovered over the the years that I've been doing this, that I kind of repeat myself to my clients. You know, they, they're all, it's, it's the same. Um, I offer a lot of the same wisdom from, um, person to person. And I thought to myself, you know, what this means is that my people could all benefit from time together. Yeah. So okay. I yeah. So I started hosting some retreats where I offer time to um, a handful of people and say, you know, I want 10, 10 women to come and sit in a room with me and let's grow and become our best selves together. And that allows you some community. That allows me uh, just a different way to serve you and um, kind of just gets to put a little spin on it. Uh but a year ago or well, I could say probably two years ago now, I never would have thought that that would become a part of my business and in this this moment in time that's one of my favorite parts of my business
0: that's amazing that's really great I, as you were saying that, I was just thinking to myself, you know you should do retreats and then you just said it mm-hmm. like
2: <laughs> got <that's> it
0: great <laughs> <laughs> but what well, do you think that you can continue let's say you've mentioned uh you know future Possible maternity leave. Um, I'm wondering why do you think you can't kind of keep your you know small business while being on maternity leave? Yes, you will have limited time, but you Mm -hmm. will still have time, especially in the beginning. Right,
2: right. Um, Not that I I can't keep the business in itself, but you you know like we talked about the instability of if you're not working, you're not getting paid, right? Um, So if If I even in that first, you know, two weeks where I truly do not want to work, right, um, preferably six or 12 weeks, but in that first absolutely two weeks that I don't want to work, then the business has zero income in that two weeks, right? So I make half of what I would make in a normal month through the business itself. So ideally, there would be some other way for that business for me to still be able to serve even if I'm not physically there and able to serve my people. Right. Um, And then, you know, post maternity leave and having small children, there's you certainly there's always a way to make that work. Um, But the the. The idea or the thought process comes around, how much time now do you want to spend on top of your full time job? right do we start to say well maybe I cut hours at the full-time job a lot of a lot of nurses that I know did that after their first baby anyway instead of three days a week they maybe only work three days in a pay period and two weeks um, you know or or just two days in a pay period um, kind of depending on what you know daycare is expensive and and is there an opportunity for daycare Um you know, like a lot of those types of things just shift and change in a family dynamic or in as life goes. So the business can certainly continue to survive past that and will certainly continue to operate. It's just a matter of how it operates that may change as the things in my life change. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just like, you know, when I was traveling um, and I wasn't really in a home, you know, I was three months at a time somewhere else, I would take people, more people over the phone than I did in person because that's that's what worked for me then, right? Mm-hmm. Now I probably take a fair amount, uh, like I would bet 75% of my clients are in person and maybe 25% of them are on the phone um, because I do have an established office. I do, you know, I, I am here full time now. And so it's just transitioned back into an in-person gig, which is cool. And, I, you know, it's, it's fluid, and that's what's great about it.
0: And would we'll you say that it's a fair statement that now that you have kind of both, um, you feel a lot more secure than having either one of these full-time, just one?
2: I, I mean, I yeah, 100% think that there's a whole lot of security in having a a full-time job. And I don't know that it matters what that full-time job is. You know, um, the the, the security comes from somebody else saying they will sign your paycheck. Right? From somebody else saying there is work to be had, here it is. Right? I mean, there's always security in that. It's scary when you stop and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. And that means it's just me. And that means if I'm not out there marketing, if I'm not out there selling my service, right, or or finding people who need my service, then I'm not getting paid. Can I make my house payment this month? Can I buy groceries? Can I buy the kids that new pair of shoes that they need because they're growing so fast? You know, whatever that looks like, the security in having a full-time job with your business, you know, on top of your entrepreneur- entrepreneurial vent, or whatever that is is that you don't have to bank on your own self and we as a whole fear trusting ourselves enough to be to support our own our own ideals and dreams and lifestyle
1: yeah and like i i also think about that and i appreciate that my company has these people figuring out what new work that needs to be done but I also sort of worry that those people aren't doing a good job. And Mm -hmm. how do you know that the people around you, due to lack of transparency or trying to save face or whatever other factors, maybe the market's slow, I don't really get any transparency into how the business of like the larger corporation is doing. And that gives me let's say anxiety about not being in control or even having like a, like a purview into how stable is my job because I don't, I don't get to know like what leadership and whoever else makes decisions. I don't get to know about their priorities. And Mm -hmm. if I was selling my own service or my own, Consulting sort of business, then I would know. Hey, my clientele went down twenty percent this month. Maybe I should market more. Maybe I should pivot into a different sales pitch or a different industry entirely.
2: Hmm. I mean, there's there's absolutely some truth to that too, right? Um the the ability to be in control when you work for yourself is huge right? If I want my working hours to be from five in the morning to 10, you know, from five to 10, and then have from 10 o'clock and to the rest of my day to myself, I could do that, right? Um, If I choose that my working hours are from eight to five, like a a traditional office job, I could do that too. You know, if I don't want to work Fridays, I don't have to work Fridays. If I want to spend this much money in marketing, I can spend this much money in marketing. You know, those, those Um, freedom certainly exists when you work by yourself, but you're, you're right too though, in saying that somebody else is doing it. So when you notice that drop in your numbers, when you say, okay, my clientele is down by 20% this month or in this demographic, I need to pivot. You have to come up with those ideas. There's no think tank there. There's no one else to bounce those ideas off of, or you can't just say, well, that's management's problem and I'll just do whatever they tell me. Right. That becomes you. You wear all the hats.
1: Right. And maybe not specifically to like tech, but I know that my greatest job security comes from not working for a company, but staying up to date and competitive with the most recent technologies and practices and all that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel more secure knowing that I'm keeping up with the technology and sort of feeling out the market, knowing what the salaries are, what the need and demand for my services are. But when you're dealing with like a side business, you're doing a different thing. Like I can maintain job security just by doing one hour a day, one hour a week, even in like professional development. And I know that, somewhere somehow i can find a job Mm -hmm. and looking for other clients looking for a business opportunity is another like job that i'd be taking on Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure if that's good
2: (laughs) (laughs) it it certainly becomes something that takes time out of your life Right. If you work a full time job and you are trying to build a side business, or you know build a business that becomes a full time thing, you have to put the time in. You have to give the hours. You have to be comfortable saying, "I will do the equivalent of two full time jobs in order to make this go, in order to make this work." Right? Um, So you're. I mean, is it good? I don't know. That's that's on you. Right. That's up to to what you want your life to look like no different than me deciding I'm done trading time for money and I won't take one-on-one clients anymore. I mean, I don't, I, that day may come right now. It's not there because in my life it works for me.
0: And then you enjoy it, right?
2: Right. Oh, absolutely. I love what I do. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, but who's to say, I mean, I never, 10 years ago, I never would have said I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing today. You know, so who's to say 10 years from now, I'll still be doing it. I don't know. I, I won't have that, that rigidity in my life. I'll choose to let it be fluid and have some opportunities and just keep my mind and heart open to whatever may come to me. But I do know that if I wanted this to grow to such a way that I, it would support me full time, that it would replace my nursing income, then I would have to be putting in 30 or 40 hours a week to the business in order for it to grow and be that. And, you know, to get it established, to make it exist, you know, that, I mean, that's just the reality of building any business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I liked what you said about rigidity and being fluid. I think that's something that Eugene needed to hear, right, (laughs) Gene?
1: Yeah. And like, I, I see the distinction between I need to keep my mind open and Like jump on any opportunities as opposed to knowing or at least thinking that i know the end goal of hey i want to have a business and then sort of intentionally moving in that direction Mm -hmm. and sort of hanging out doing my day job and just feeling open whatever that means Mm -hmm. it seems lazy and that maybe I should be like full steam ahead, driving towards this entrepreneurial goal. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't feel strongly that that's what I want. And then I sort of continue in the momentum of my job, my career, the thing that I'm in now Mm -hmm. and this openness and like, it's almost like a crutch that, Oh, you don't have to, do any extra work just be open okay.
2: sort of a passive right i feel well, like yeah that approach would be passive right just saying that i'm open to whatever comes to me um by way of clientele or by way of a business opportunity right? I don't think that's the kind of openness that's going to build a business. I think the openness that builds a business is saying, okay, here's my end goal, right? So let's, let's play with mine for a minute. Let's say that, um, in two years, I don't want to be working in a hospital anymore. I want purely healing to be my main source of income. And I don't just want it to replace my nursing income. I want it to surpass my nursing income. Okay, we're going to say that's the end goal and I'm going to work towards that. And today, the way I'm going to work towards that is building a one on one client base. Okay, so I'm going to be maybe I offer a discount to my clients and tell them, which I do do this, tell them that for every person they refer to me, they get a discount on their next session. Right. So that I have some word of mouth marketing going. And I'm going to run some Facebook ads in some communities that aren't my own right? So that I can build that phone client session and reach out beyond my community because I am limited in the amount of people here. It's just rural, which means that I'm going to have to reach out beyond myself, right? Or my particular area. So I run some Facebook ads to tell people that this business even exists and that they can do it over the phone. And, um, you know, they don't necessarily have to drive to me, but if they want to drive to me, they certainly can. And here's my office, right? And let's, you know, we've got the website up and running and the Facebook page and Instagram and you're doing all of the things on social media that the, whoever they, you know, in air quotes, they say you have to do in order to to be successful and be productive. So I have all of these things going to say, I'm going to build my business to meet these revenue numbers. Right. And then, you know, this, this idea came to me last year where I thought I want to have a retreat. I want to put these people in one room and let them grow together and watch the community that can build there. And they're going to pay me to show up at this retreat and pay me to teach them and guide them through this day or this weekend. Right. That is where the openness comes from. I had this idea and I said, hey, purely you could do that. That can be a part, that can be a part of the services that I offer. Now I have retreats, right? And then let's say three months from now, I decide, you know what? I could teach people how to do this. You know, I have the, the experience and the people that I've seen and the, the lives I've watched change and been a part of in that transition that I can help people transition and change to. And I'm going to create a course that again becomes the fluidity and the openness in what the business is, right? It's, it's still working towards people finding their best selves and being their purest self. It's still working towards a holistic mindset and treating their body, mind, and soul. It's still serving them to be better but I'm doing it in different ways.
0: I feel like Jessica, if you don't mind me, um kind of bringing you back to that moment when you, when it all started for you, I feel like that's where Eugene is. Like he's mm-hmm. that transitional moment before you, you think of it as a business before you think of it as a potential side hustle or potential, um, direction for yourself. I think that moment when you were kind of given the options and none of those options worked for you, that's when this whole thing started. I feel Mm -hmm. like Eugene is not there yet. I mean, it's, it's, I feel like it's also, I'm similar in that way because um, I started something just because I could do it and then it kind of grew and then my attitude towards it and it perception of it as a business changed a couple of years ago. Only um, so before I was just getting paid for something that I enjoyed doing. So I feel like Eugene is um, at the point of kind of he's open to an idea. Like mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. that's what he needs next. What do you What do you think, Eugene?
1: I mean, I'm not unhappy in my career. And I feel like a lot of my day to day issues could just be solved by moving to a different team, having different people, maybe being on a team where the leadership is forthcoming about, you know, future projects, current, you know, mistakes or issues that we're having. And that would sort of quench any uncertainty I have and like, I'll stay at a company for as long as I'm comfortable because I've, I guess, figured out a way to sustain my family in this career. Now, moving forward, that's a bit intimidating. It's like asking what you want to be when you grow up. I don't, I don't know. And becoming a consultant who I also don't like, like I, Like, I don't want to become the person on the phone giving these, you know, generic suggestions and not actually helping. And then, like, I feel the the person within the company has to pick up the slack knowing that those consultants get paid more for just being good salespeople to some, like, VP three layers above me. Like, I don't want to become my own, like, enemy.
2: But I think I mean, we said this before, too, though, I think that you you if you are your own consultant, if you are your own business and your own boss, you get to decide what kind of consultant you want to be. So you don't have to be your own enemy. You can be the person that isn't in the the workplace right now. Right. You can be the consultant that doesn't exist right now.
1: I guess I'm saying I don't want to be a consultant
2: <laughs> okay then don't be what <laughs> that's okay right knowing what you don't want to do is just as important as knowing what you do want to do absolutely absolutely i feel like a
0: couple of uh, sometimes conversation kind of goes um to try to convince eugene to to try something out but mm-hmm. but i feel like a lot of people go through that process which is why we're doing this podcast kind of s- slowly uh, transition into um, talking about things that people think about and are anxious about
2: mm-hmm.
0: to kind of bring some perspective to kind of show. Like what I what I love about you being on on this episode is that you ha- you're doing both at the same time. And I've done this myself. I'm not no longer doing that, but I've done this for a couple of years. But I always knew that being on my own um, is the right thing for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to, I feel like it doesn't have to, you don't have to decide today, like whether or not you will leave, ever leave your hospital job or whether or not you will have this thing full time. And same thing for Eugene. I don't mm-hmm. think, think you have to decide today. It could just You can just let the
2: nature take its course. Mm -hmm. And, and I think too, I mean, you're hundred percent correct. And I think that if you decide, you know, you get up tomorrow and you say, you know what, I'm going to run my own business. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm quitting my job so I can run my own business. I think that would be just as detrimental as staying in a job you're not happy in, right? When you decide, when you wake up and say, I have no vision, I have no passion. There's nothing on my heart that I believe in enough to want to do by myself, And to want to put the work into and to want to learn, you know, the, the parts of, of business ownership that I maybe am not comfortable with, like the marketing part or the sales part or the finances or whatever part of that, that is scary. Right. Um, until there's something on your heart that is, is there so heavy and you'd want so bad to come to fruition, then it's not the time to have your own business anyway. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: And that's, I guess that's sort of what I settled on of be open and like I've, I've started doing this thing. I think this was a Jeff Bezos quote where you should do things. If you think that you'll regret not doing them later. Mm-hmm. So instead of like immediate gratification, think about would you regret not doing this thing? And if you will try doing it, it's like this podcast podcast, I really like podcasts. I listen to a ton of podcasts and doing a podcast seemed easy, but also like who would listen and, and doing this just, just for fun, not having any expectations, but participating in a thing that I'm quote unquote passionate about is nice. And maybe those are the sort of interactions or businesses or fields I should be looking at.
0: Maybe, maybe, yeah. well, at least we're providing some while we're being ourselves and um, talk about the true thoughts and kind of um, mindsets we're providing people something to think about because I know that I know a ton of people who- who don't know where to start who have all these different anxieties and Um, I think like just like an opportunity presented itself for Jessica, it was sort of an opportunity, quote unquote, opportunity. Um, You know, it was more of a, I have to find another way. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into this business. Um, I feel like that happens to every, every one of us. It's just uh, whether or not we're open to it, whether or not we recognize the opportunity and we want to kind of develop it. That's kind of, where it all takes a turn for the better, for the
2: worse. Right. Well, then, or recognizing and choosing, you know, okay, I see this lack, right? Um, And it doesn't matter what that is. Maybe you move into a community and realize that there is no grocery store in that community, and gosh, they would really benefit from one. So you open a grocery store, right? Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be um, this, this huge, like, like it was for me more of a um i'm going to change the world type of approach right like i want to change people's lives because my life was changed maybe it's something as i see that this is lacking in my either in my niche in my workplace in my community in the the people that i know and hang out with we need this right we need this tool we need this service we need this opportunity and I recognize that we need it and I have an idea to solve this problem and I think we need it bad enough that I'm going to try and do it.
0: That's really great. I mean, I feel like if you are able to change at least some some people's view on alternative medicine um, and holistic approach, that would um, make a huge difference in the world. Um, in America, I mean, we're all in America. So I feel like that's such an important message and you may want to think about possibly developing a speech for it and speaking about
1: it.
2: Mm-hmm. Those thoughts have also existed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, once this podcast takes off and we're just like super full-time podcasters, that yeah. that's a great way to deliver your message.
2: That's right? True. It is. <laughs> okay. So what's your message?
1: Uh, I don't know.
2: I think.
0: I think my, our messages are a little different, but I feel like Eugene's a little bit more flexible. Yeah. I think so. Right. Eugene. I mean, Eugene kind of, um, like I have very strong opinions about being an entrepreneur. Um, I know that a lot of people struggle with the financial side and not understanding the taxes and mm-hmm. kind of being surprised at tax time. And, And that kind of was my motivation for this podcast, but it's great not to just uh, talk um, by yourself, kind of sharing the wisdom. It's nice to have a conversation um, with Eugene and then with a guest to kind of um, bring up all the questions that people may have to try to walk through our thought process and to help them understand certain things because Eugene is an engineer, I'm an accountant, and you're a nurse. Mm -hmm. So three completely different fields, um, and people can relate to certain things. They can relate to Eugene on certain points. They can relate to me. They can relate to you. But the goal is to give them some food for thought, but also in our upcoming episodes and our upcoming topics to kind of give them more confidence in understanding what a side hustle or a small business really entails from the financial and tax perspective eventually. But in order to get there, we we needed to set the stage and kind of um, talk people through what it really takes, when do you make a transition? Because some people are like, okay, we're starting a business. How much money do we have to invest? Um, Do we need to hire a lawyer? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that you really need to be very cautious, just like Eugene is, and kind of see like, okay, you know what? I need to make sure that I'm bringing enough money in. And then I'm going to keep my eyes open for an opportunity kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you don't go all in into a business kind of not looking back because it may work, but it may not work right
1: and also that's- like i have like some extra income that i could invest into a business for example this podcast you know i had to purchase a microphone and all that stuff that is a business investment and like i like podcasting and if we see that our numbers aren't where we need them to be and i would like to pursue this as a business that's like a different Goal. And it is interesting for me to hear you two at your different stages inside businesses. And I'm like all the way at the beginning. Not because yeah. like I can't do something, it's because I'm not sure I want to.
2: Right. That's what makes makes it
0: interesting.
2: It is, you know, and I, I love that perspective though. I think it's so fun for you to be on like completely different in completely different stages of this journey, because people are, ideally your listeners are all the way across that, right? From the beginning of, I don't even really know if entrepreneurship is something I want to be a part of versus everyone should have their own thing and everybody should work for themselves. You know, I think that's great. Um, you know, and I do I think Eugene if I if I can I'll speak just a little bit to kind of where I started, right? So we talk about business investment and I'm going to be 100% serious when I tell you that the first people I started working on, I I hauled my twin mattress out of my spare bedroom upstairs into my spare bedroom downstairs and used sheet the extra sheet sets that I had and that was how I started. You know, short of taking the course, which would have been what we call a business investment, except at that time I had no desire to run a business. None. I just wanted I just wanted to learn about it like it was a personal development thing. Right. So I, you know, and I got to stay at my grandma's house during this class. So I got to visit my family and take this two day class. And I I did not walk into that with the mindset of this will be a business one day right? So it wasn't what I call a business investment at all in the beginning. I mean, looking back at it, then yeah, that's how we would mark that expense. But the reality is that's not how it started for me. It started with just personal development. And let's learn about this thing. And holy cow, like your eyes open and there's all of these opportunities. And wow, this really can change lives. And wow, I can really serve the world. And like, I have to do this, right? It became that thing that I was so passionate about. I had to do it. But even then, I didn't want it to sustain me as far as like a a sole income, right? It was just this, hey, you know, if people want to come see me, I'll let them come see me. I didn't have a website. I was actually scared to have a website. You know, I didn't, one, I didn't know anything about building websites or hosting one. Like, I had no idea what a a website platform meant or I knew nothing, nothing. Two, Having a website meant I had to put my face out there, right? And it had to be available to anybody, not just me. Anybody in the whole world could know that me as a nurse was doing this thing in the alternative space. And what if they judged me? What if I failed? What if someone was mean to me on the internet? You know, like those fears were huge. They were something that truly sat me where it like, like held me back from taking this on and saying, I want this to be a business, right? Right now, it's just a thing. It's just a hobby. It's just this thing that I kind of do once in a while out of the spare bedroom in my basement. You know, that's really where it started. And then, you know, people, when when people started to ask for my time. I realized that maybe this is going to change a little bit. And then when people started to say, when I had more people asking for my time than I had time to give them, I realized it was a business. You know, but as far as startup goes, that class was $500, I think, maybe. Yeah, would have been $500 for my first class. You know, and and that was maybe... We call that a business investment. Okay, but that's all I invested coming into it. There wasn't a huge startup for me. But I had the grace to not need that huge startup because I had a full-time job. Yep. You know, that's and I, I come from a place where I don't think that we should ever go into debt to have a business. I think your business should make money from day one. And if I'm that agree. means that you host a, your website platform is on a cheaper site instead of a more expensive site, then that's what you do. If that means that you don't run Facebook ads then you don't run Facebook ads, you know, or maybe not at a hundred dollars a day where, you know, some companies don't think twice about a hundred dollars a day in marketing. Maybe it's a hundred dollars a month for marketing and you spend that however you need to. That's right.
0: That's exactly how I feel. I feel like that everybody except for physical businesses like brick and mortar shops, mm-hmm you don't, you should never invest a significant amount of money to start something. You should try it out and kind of, um, like you said, I don't think anybody starts a business, um, thinking, Oh, I'm, I'm starting a business. I, I mean, I do have those clients once in a while. I have clients who are starting like a liquor store and, you know, just a grocery store, like you said. Um, but m- most people start just like you did, which is amazing, which is great, which is great that you mentioned it. I think we're um, getting close to time, and I just wanted to say thank you very much, Jessica, for being on this podcast.
1: Thank You've been you. an amazing,
0: um, amazing guest. You've shared a lot of great information, and Eugene.
1: Yeah, did I, you thought, make I thought this was great, and if you had a podcast, I would definitely listen to it.
2: Well, you know, I did have a podcast for a while. <laughs> Uh, last, last year, or maybe it's been a little over a year now. Um, I, I did six episodes, but decided that, um, at my in my particular moment, it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I stopped doing it, you know, but I did, it was called purely you radio. It was through the transformation talk radio. So those, those episodes exist somewhere out there in the world. Uh, but thank you. You know, I would I would rather you follow me like on Instagram or Facebook or, you know, send your family to my retreats. Usually I do only women retreats, Eugene. I'm sorry. Like I don't know that I would invite you necessarily. That's, that's okay. Until I'm brave enough to also bring men into the dynamic. But that's just a totally different ballgame. So, you know, someday, but you can send your send your ladies, you know, <laughs> over, support it that way instead of the podcast that I no longer have. Fair.
0: I think it's pretty fair. Okay, I'm gonna um, just say that um, this was Tatiana, Eugene, and we had Jessica Dooley. The her business is purely you, and if you guys want, check it check it out. What's your website, Jessica?
2: www. PurelyUHealing. That's awesome.